You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Explore the canon of books that form the New and Old Testaments in week five of our series, Word View. And with your Bibles, can I ask you to please bring out your Bibles as we read our main scripture, which is found in Luke chapter 24. Verse 25 to 27. So we talk about standards. Luke chapter 24. And it says here, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And in verse 27 it says, And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you as you speak to us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that it will be clear. Lord, when we hear your word, Lord God, when we listen, Lord God, something will change in us, Lord God. You're going to put everything into perspective, Lord God. Lord, even right now, I declare that you put us to a position that we can actually apply this, Lord God. Not just an emotional high or not just comforting words from you, but really something that will move us, Lord, to a direction that will improve our lives, Lord God, this year. Lord, continue to do your work in us, Lord. We acknowledge your presence today. Heavenly Father, anoint the preaching of your word. And this we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. You know, our scripture is found in Luke chapter 24, and this is the time where Jesus died already. This is the third day, and now we begin to read a, a story, a narrative in the book of Luke. And that story is entitled, The Road to Amos. They say it's pronounced Emmaus. But you know, when you've been to the place, you know how it's said. I've been to Amos. Last month. After Imos, what's the place? Silang. And then Tagaytay, di ba? Oh. No, it's pronounced Emmaus, and this is seven kilometers away, Jerusalem. And there's two men. Two men, and what do we know about them? Scripture says that they were walking to Emmaus. And once they were walking, they were sad. Malungkot daw sila. They were sad, nag-uusap daw sila. And Jesus shows up. This is the first picture, one of the first times Jesus appears. So Jesus appears to them and tells them, Oh, bakit kayo malungkot? Eh, problem ba kayo? And I like what uh, one of them said in verse 18. Sabi niya, the name is Cleopas. He answered, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened these past days? Sabi niya. Diyo ba alam yung nangyayari? Bisita ka ba dito? Sino sa inyo naka-experience na nun? Yung feeling mo mas marunong ka pa sa kausap mo. I remember, no, I, I used to play badminton and I invited one of the friends. Sabi ko, oh, do you want to play? Sabi ko, marunong ka ba? Sabi ko, sabi niya, konti. Ah, di, turuan kita. Aba, nung tinuruan ko, talagang pawis na pawis ako. Tapos siya, nandun lang siya. Pinapapulot niya sa, Galing! The feeling of um, as if you know it, but really you don't. 
You're right in front of Jesus, the person that you're talking about. But you know what? Jesus allowed that they didn't recognize him. They didn't know that it was Jesus. So what do we know about the two men? They believed in Christ. Why? Because they were sad. They were actually saying that, you know what? He is a prophet. He teaches. I've seen miracles. Maybe some of them were part of that. Baka kasama sila nung pinakain, nung 5,000. The two men were actually tired, stressed, depressed, sad because Jesus was dead already. Or so they thought. And now we see them in verse 21. It says here, But we had hope that He was the one to redeem Israel. Samila, we were hoping. Pero namatay na siya. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Their hope was that Jesus was the Savior. That Jesus would redeem them. That Jesus would be the one to rescue the people of Israel. So what did Jesus say? As we go to our main text, it says in verse 24, it says here, O foolish ones, sabi ni Jesus, O foolish ones, May nagsabi na ba sa inyo nun? Oh, foolish one. You're so foolish. Meron na ba? Wala, no? We don't use that conversation. But, you know, when I dig, uh, when I research on the Greek word, it actually means uh, being dense, being mindless, not thinking. That's the meaning of being, oh, foolish ones. Meron na ba nagsabi niya? Dense ka ba? Meron na ba nagsabi nun, di ba? Sabi ni Jesus, you guys are foolish. And what did, what did he say? Sabi niya, you guys are slow of heart to believe all the prophets that have spoken, that I have spoken. Slow of heart means to have the proof in front of you, but you can't decide. Nandiyan na sa harap mo, but you can't still see it. Alam mo yung everyone in front of you, yung nagkakwento ka, Ano ka, no? Victory group. Kwento ka. Dami nyo. Walo. Daming bago. Daming in-invite. Ito ka. Sobrang passionate. Ganon. And then after na nung victory group, nakaganyan sila sa lahat. Tapos after nung victory group, pag, uh, CR lang ako. Pagpunta mo CR, pag mo may malaki ka palang tinga. Alam mo, it was so obvious for everyone, but you can't see it. It was this picture. It was so obvious that it was Jesus. I was, and I was playing this in my mind, the story. Hindi kaya nila nakukita no, yung hands ni Jesus. Or his feet or whatever. They didn't recognize him. Jesus was saying, hello, you don't still get it. And this was the picture of the two men. Di pa rin nila magets. As we move forward in verse 26, it says here, Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter to His glory? You know, they misunderstood Scripture. This was the picture of what Jesus was saying. Sabi niya, shouldn't I suffer first before I enter into my glory? What does that mean? They missed out on Scripture. It means that they know Jesus for the past three years. As a Jewish person, we believe that they know Scripture as well. But why did they miss out? Why? Because they had a different standard of a Savior. They were expecting something else. They know the word glory, but this is the picture of glory. Ganito rin ba kayo when we say glory? It's the heavens opening. When we say the word glory, this is a picture of glory. And what else? They knew that God was sending His one and only Son to save the people. To save his people from the oppressed, 
uh, from the oppressors, from the Romans. And this was the picture that they were waiting for. A king who has his army, who would rescue them. In Isaiah, it says he is a wonderful counselor. What else? He is the prince of peace. In their mind, they were picturing someone like this. Someone who was strong. Yes, Jesus was strong. But they didn't see it that way. What was the biggest problem? Their standard of a savior was different. Their standard of a savior was different. Why? Because they were seeing this picture. You know, when verse 26, Jesus said, I should suffer. What they missed out was, they saw the crown, yes, but they didn't see the cross. They saw glory, but they didn't see the suffering in Scripture. Their standard of reading the Word was different. You know, when we have the wrong standards, what is our next course of action? It's also wrong. If they knew that it was Jesus who died, they should have been excited. Because after three days, they know He will rise again. Their standards was different. Yes, they read the word, but they saw it differently. As we continue, it says here in verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scripture that the things concerning about himself. Jesus was actually re- redefining how it is to see the Messiah. Sabi niya, you know what said in Moses? Ako yun. I'm the one coming. It's Jesus who's coming. Jesus was walking them through, to, through Scripture. He was teaching them that this is what Scripture said. You didn't get it the first time, but I am now explaining it to you. You know, just like us believers, we sometimes have a standard of how we look at God. And you know what's the best example? It's our relationship with our earthly fathers. If you have an earthly father who you can run to any time of the day, most probably your relationship with our Heavenly Father is like that. But if you have a father who is very strict, na hindi mo malapitan for anything, sometimes we see God that way as well. Why? Because our standard of a father is defined by the world we live in. You know, church, it's very good that we discuss standards. Why? Because have you ever asked this question? Why is the Bible 66 books only? Not more, not less. Have you asked this question, what was the standard in making sure that these are the books of the Old Testament and these are the books in the New Testament? You know, when we talk about the Bible, there is also a standard and we call it the canon. It's not Nikon, it's the canon. What's the canon of Scripture? You know, the canon of Scripture in the Greek word, or the Hebrew rather, it's, uh, the word is kane. Kane. Yeah. And in Greek, it's kanon, which means a ruler or a measuring rod. It's something that measures the standard. What meets this standard is what is canonized in our books. The canon is an authority to which other truths, claims are compared and by which they are Measured. A measuring stick. It's something that will say what should be inside the Bible and what is not. You know, the New Testament, 
how did they canonize the 26 books? Have you ever asked that? I actually was discussing this with a staff. No? So I go, are you familiar with the canon? Sabi nila, yeah, ganda siya, point shoot. Now, when we talk about the canon of uh, Scripture in the New Testament, there was three criterias or standards in saying that these are the books that will enter the New Testament. Number one, it was actually written by an apostle or an eyewitness that is closest to the apostle. That was the first standard. Number two, it should be that it conforms to the teaching, meaning it does not conflict with the teachings of the Old Testament and the other books. It's sound. It's something that will not conflict. It won't confuse us, the readers. And number three, did it spread? Did they use it in the early church? And that's why you have letters like Ephesians and Colossians. Why? Because Paul would write these letters to send to churches. Once the Ephesian church gets it, what do they do? They circulate it. That's why it's a circular letter. It goes around to churches of Jesus. And this is the purpose of these letters. You know, canon of Scripture is not a body of people who are saying these should be in the Bible and these should not. But really, it was actually just them confirming that yes, this is inspired Word of God. When they compared it, it was sound. When they compared it, it had no conflict. And when they compared it, they said that yes, these are the books that believers need to read. And this is the canon. But you know what? If there's a way for me to explain canon, and this would be it. That the canon is talking about Jesus from the Old Testament to the Gospels, to the book of Acts, where his church spread, and to the pastoral letters. This is the canon. But how about the Old Testament? How did it came to be that it was part of the Bible that we have? Why are there 33 books? You know, the, it was canonized even before Jesus was born. But you know what? It's very comforting for us to know that even Jesus confirmed it in his word. It says in verse 44, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus was saying that the entire Old Testament is talking about my coming. Jesus was saying that the entire Testament, the, the coming of the Savior, the picture of God with sending judges, kings, as He sends them, they would fall. And we would see a very nice letters, books, all throughout the Old Testament. But it ends where? Waiting. It ends waiting for that Savior. This is the canon of the Old Testament. And this is why we now have the Bible. It does not lack anything. Just like last week, we talked about it being perfect. It's something that we can put the rest of our lives onto. And this is the Word of God. Why am I saying this? You know what? As believers, we're not moved easily when we watch a movie. When the movie says that there are lost Gospels. When we read articles in news and in, in, uh, online um, uh, episodes for uh, lost Gospels like the Judas Gospels and books like the Da Vinci Code, we are not easily swayed. Why? Because we know that the Word of God is secure. It was divinely ordained to be secure. Nothing more, 
nothing less. You know, when I studied this, this is what you learn. That what the author of the Vinci Code was claiming, that there were hidden books of the Gospels, technically that's fake news. Why? Because it didn't really enter the criteria. First criteria that they failed, that the lost Gospels, yes, it exists, but it actually was written 200 years after the resurrection of Jesus. No apostle is alive by that time. No witness is alive by that time. Unless he's 220 years old. You know, even that gospel books have misleading conflicts among itself. Not even being compared to our Bible. Going back to our message, the reason why I want to share with you the canon of scripture. This is the message of Jesus to the two men. That Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Have you seen that before? Whenever you read the Word of God, do you actually look for Jesus there? Whenever we read the Word of God, is it something that we find that, oh, Lord, dadatingana? When we read the book of Isaiah, do we see the coming of the Savior? Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Do we see that? Or are we just focused in the promises that we see? Or do we open our Bible and just look for something that would comfort us and say, I'll keep this word and I'll hang on to it? How do you read your Bible? Do you just Google search a verse and type blessed and type faith and just hang on to the word? What Jesus is saying is, He is the central message of the Bible. From the Old Testament to the Gospels, how he spread his shirt through Acts, and how the pastoral letters circulated in the churches. Is this our standard of knowing who Jesus is? When we read the word, do we actually look for Jesus? John 5.39 says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is that they bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Jesus invites us to search for scripture. Not just to read it and look for the things that comfort us. Are we only after the promises? Or are we also after the promise giver? You know, as we continue with our story... Where do we see them? Now, because of the experience of the two men reaching Imus, Cavite, they invited Jesus. They're so amazed with the scripture that was being opened in their eyes. First time nila, ah, gadup. So that's what it means. So, so Jesus is actually, that he, want, he needed to suffer. And because of this experience, what did they do? They invited Jesus for a meal. Until this time, di pa rin po sila naikilala. Hindi pa rin naikilala nila si Jesus ang kasama nila. So when they invited him in the meal, in, in, in the next verses, it would say that Jesus actually broke the bread, blessed it, and all of a sudden, they, they saw him and recognized him. But when as soon as they recognized Jesus, he vanished. Nawala. Why? Because Jesus already resurrected. He wasn't in his physical body anymore. As soon as 
nawala si Jesus, what happened? This is what they said in verse 32. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to us on the road? While He opened to us the Scripture. You know, church, when we open the Word and we see the real meaning of the Word, something burns in our hearts. Something moves in our hearts. It changes. When we really read Scripture for what it is, when we have the right intentions of reading and studying the Word, God allows our hearts to move in a different direction. We have this burden. We, we, just, we just change. Something happens in us. That's why from being someone who wants to prove something to the world, now we want to prove or now we want to serve the kingdom of God. There's something that moves in us. It changes us. Now we want to preach the gospel. Our office is not only a place where we can work and to be excellent with. Now our office becomes a mission field to hear the gospel. You know, when we are changed by the word, something happens in us. And I'm glad that last Saturday, yesterday, we did an orientation to the volunteers who actually got it. And thank you if you signed up for volunteer. You know, our volunteers also have standards. Where are our ushers? Can I ask the ushers to please stand up? Tingnan nyo yung mga standards natin sa ushers. Yan, oh. Tingnan nyo. They're always smiling. Yan. Thank you to our ushers. Thank you for volunteering. Going back. Where am I? Yeah. When was the last time God has given you that burden in your heart? Or have you experienced that burden in your heart? That burden that opens your eyes and whenever you read the word, you would say, Lord, I want that in my life. I want to share with you a story of um, one of our very good uh, missionaries to a country in um, near Imus. I forgot. They went home here during the Christmas break. They were here with us. And unfortunately... This is what happened. They got a call. One of the team members from their uh, team there said that the English club that they started, because the country does not really speak, uh, they don't, that's not their primary language, they started an English class. And what happened was one of the students said to the authorities that the guy, that guy, our friend, who actually started the English class is a pastor. This is what happened. In a country where it is not allowed to preach the gospel. In a country where, is, where it's restricted to actually bring in probably a Bible. And he asked for prayers. He asked us to stand with them in prayers. And we did that. But you know what? I realized that if I was in his position, what would I do? I would admit, got scared for them. And initially, this is my plan. Because the standard of safety, not only for me, but also for my family, would to keep them away from harm. Of course, that makes sense. So, I felt like if I was in his position, what would I do? Number one, I would actually ask for a transfer. Lipat nyo na lang po ako. Padalan nyo na. Because probably in military or intelligence, would you actually go back to a place where you are a spy and they know that you are? Of course not doesn't make sense. The world does not tell us to do that. But you know what? They went back just recently. Every step of the way, they were praying. And they were telling us, we're here, we're here. You know what? This is what I realized. 
that when God burns something in your heart, when, when He gives us a burden, the safest place to be is in His will. Standard shifts. Becomes different from how the world thinks. Why? Because the world will think to avoid that place, but He is called to that place. God is saying, I am your safety. God is saying that when you go to this place, I will be with you no matter what. I've called you to do, to do this work and I will protect you. And now they're safe. And I believe one of the students actually said, no, they're good people. Don't need to harm them. Although the English class was um, cut short. They're trying to figure out how to do it now. But praise God, they're safe. And because of the safety that they know comes from Jesus, they know that they are where God wants them to be. That is their calling. That's why now I understand why martyrs would actually worship God, even being burned. Why? Because their standard of a, of a life of sacrifice now is different. Now I understand when I read the word, when one is being stoned to death, who would say, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Different standards. We see it differently. You know, as we end, we're almost there. In Luke chapter 24, what did the two men, because of the excitement, because Lord, thank you, now we understand what did they do. They run back, went to the disciples, the inner circle of Jesus. Meet them, share sila the stories. The disciples were saying, you know what? Jesus is not in the tomb already. He has risen. And Sabila, we also saw him. We spent time with him from, en- from Esitex to Cavite. We were together. We learned about him. He explained to us the scripture. And you know what Jesus did? He now appears to them, all of them. The two men and his inner circle, the disciples. Siguro gets na nila. Sila yung kasama ni Jesus every day. They, they, they go out together. They minister together. They've seen Jesus feeding the 5,000. They've seen all the miracles. He's, they've seen him walk on water. I think they get it already. But Jesus once again explains to them, just what I showed you, verse 44, that it is I who has been talking about in Scripture. And in verse 45, it says, Then he opened their minds... To understand scripture. You know what? They too didn't get it. Despite being with Jesus, even his inner circle didn't get it. You know, church, we may be attending church for years, being part of a victory group, even opening your Bible for that matter. But we may have missed it. We may have a different intention of reading the word. We may have a different intention of opening the Bible. But you know what? We may also miss it. If even the apostles missed it. There's good news. God opened their eyes for scripture. God opened their eyes to see. Even their hearts to see what the scripture really meant. The word open there in Greek is dianyologo, which means to open fully or completely. My question to each and every one of us today is, are our eyes really open? Or is it not open completely? You know, when they got it, when Jesus explained to them, yes, I am the one that they've been talking about. Jesus opened their eyes for what? There was a purpose. And if I can ask the music team to go up. 
There was a purpose. And what's that purpose? It says in verse 47, they, And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And He said, You are witnesses of these things. You know, we are called to do two things when we see the Word of God. Number one, to proclaim His name. Number two, we are called to be witnesses. You know, when we become witnesses, we become a life testimony to them. And my desire for each and every one of you, that your life is a witness already. Nothing, you haven't even said anything and they would see this man has been changed. Dati late siya sa office, 30 minutes ngayon, di na. Two minutes na lang. You know, when we read the word this time, this year, my challenge for each and every one of you is to ask God to open your eyes. Lord, open my eyes for me to see. Lord, open my heart for me to see Jesus in every page, every book of the Bible. Why? Because the Word of God, it's perfect, it's airless, it has authority, and it's about Jesus, what He's done on the cross, and what He can do in our lives. As I end, read the Word, let it be your standards in life. It's going to change your life. If you want to have a blessed year this 2018, read the Word. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to actually mold you. Change your standards. Shift it to the right direction. Allow God to work in your life. We're doing something different. You know, as I end, I know that we can respond in so many ways. But the Bible says in verse 48, 52, in this same story, it said that they actually responded and worshipped and they were filled with joy. And I think that's appropriate for us today. That as we declare that, Lord, we want to know who you are, Jesus. Not only through the story, but personally in our lives. You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com victoryph.